Welcome, dear listener, to Geeking on Sportscast. Now, it's an exciting time. <laughs> team Canada just released, well, Team Canada Soccer, that is, men's national team. They released their roster. It is looking strong, albeit there is one big missing, there's there's one big uh, player missing, and, and that's Alfonso Davies with his, uh, what was it, microcarditis? Is that what it's called, I believe? Myocarditis, yeah. Myocarditis. My apologies there. Yeah. Anyway, so... <laughs> Unfortunately, he won't be there, although it seems like uh, Herdman's trying to get him to come to Canada uh, to celebrate with the players. That is if we are actually able to make it to the World Cup. Um, but, you know, it is in our hands. Um, mm. So hopefully we do make it. Now, we'll, we'll go through a bit of the roster, Alex. Um, any big surprises here? I mean, it, it kind of seems like a carbon copy of the uh, roster from last uh, last uh, occasion. Um, yeah, no, like, I mean, the thing with this is that I think almost every other team, I think Mexico actually just dropped their roster. I could be mistaken. I, my Twitter feed just blew up with Mexico chatter. So I think that might be it, but Canada was basically one of the last teams to, to announce the roster. Um, so the trickle, what basically a lot of reporters had noticed or, or seemed as though that Ismael Kone, um, who plays for Montreal impact 19 years old, kind of plays a center midfielder, kind of an eight role-ish, um, was going to make the team, but it wasn't for sure. And and they they just released the roster about an hour ago um, or, or Sunday, and it's about 6, 6.15. So um, that's like the one big surprise because he is eligible to play for um, the Ivory Coast. He grew up there for most of his life. And then I think he came here when he was like 12 or 13 um, and it's been in the Montreal Academy, but has been amazing and honestly was going to be called up. The rumors were, I think on Thursday or Friday and this weekend, um, although he kind of gave a goal uh, defensively, um, he, he scored a goal, got an assist and um, drew a penalty, which resulted in a goal. So he had quite hell of a game this weekend following up his, uh, you know, essentially being called up before the fact um, before it was released. Um, but other than that, you, you, t- you know, touched all the dots. Uh, they have a different goalie in Dwayne, the, the third goalie, Dwayne St. Clair, um, who's played really well in, in at Minnesota. But I think it's almost exactly the same team without a couple, like, you know, guys injured, Sammy Piet's injured, um, David Watherspoon's still injured. So those guys were, were there before. But, yeah, no, exactly the same roster other than really Kone and, and Dwayne St. Clair. So, and, and, like, that's the third goalie. You're not really going to lose any kind of talk about it too much so yeah and, and let's stick with uh the young Kone now he, he is eligible to play for the Ivory Coast as well um but this looks like I mean let, let's let's get this rule down pat even if he plays a game with Canada he can still technically play for Ivory Coast right I believe once you play more than three games um so I guess it would be four matches and you're under 21. Um, then that's when you're cap tied. Um, but I believe you can still change associations, but I think either way, I think you, you take this as him being committed. I don't think this isn't a kind of, um, this isn't kind of just getting him trying to cap tie him just to cap tie him. This guy's in because he wants to play for Canada. And I, I don't, I wouldn't really, you know, you never know, but, um, right. So if his stock rises now, Ivory Coast is a pretty darn good soccer nation. Well, what I'm trying uh, to 
what I'm trying to say is I don't think that we should be worried about that. That's that's what I'm trying to say is that um, he sees I, his future with Canada. Yeah, like that's why he's playing. Um, and it doesn't necessarily I don't think he can fully be cap tied after this window, but it basically makes it a complete pain in the ass um, to do it anytime soon. And I believe if you were to continue playing for us, even just um, in the summer at Nations League, he'd be cap tied. So um, it's essentially um, cap tying him without cap tying him. And it's it's interesting because it not only does it come at a you know an important time, but it's also crucial for the squad in a sense because if if he's poised to become the player that he seems to be at this point and how he can develop into the future, um, he could actually be a starting center midfielder for Canada moving forward with Estacio. And, and- uh, and I mean, if if he's at this position now, I mean, he's 19 years old. He's doing well in the MLS now. MLS obviously not the best league in the world, but at that age, 19 years old, that says a lot. And if he's able to continue this, you know, progression, I mean, obviously we may not score a goal or an assist no. every 90 minutes per mat, you know, every match. Yeah, but um, but you know, moving forward, this could be him seeing his potential spot on the Canadian men's national team going to Qatar should we actually make it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think he I think he has a really good chance if he keeps, like, let's say he has an outstanding year a la uh, Alfonso Davies when he was 17. I don't mean he's going to be Alfonso Davies, but just in terms of, like, a consistent he is too good for MLS or really good MLS player, I think he definitely will probably be on the team in Qatar and um, I not definitely but if if things continue this way um, I think he definitely will he's also in a position of need they don't have a lot other than Osorio they don't really have a lot of eights um, uh, or he the has, central like, midfielders in general yeah yeah really. exactly good good quality yeah, central yeah. midfielders exactly so um, like and also what Herdman said just after like they announced the squad at about five and he had a press conference for about five minutes but he said like I'm not you know, it doesn't matter how, um, like calling him up, um, Kone, he, he basically, I'm paraphrasing, but said that it doesn't matter like the age, if you're good enough, you're good enough to be on this team. Right. And so I don't think he's bring that. And that's again, why I say, I don't think this is a cap tie situation. This is like, you've been really good. You should play, you know, and we think you have, you're also in a position that we need. Um, and I think I'm, I, I he's going to play in this window unless, unless everything goes disastrously or, or something, I'm sure he'll play. And um, it's really exciting because he's already been linked to big, not maybe big clubs, but he's already been linked to Europe um, by Matthew. Right, there's Schmitty. been teams interested from the Bundesliga. There have been teams interested in Belgium, England, uh, England France. So some really top tier um, leagues. Yeah. Uh, so th- there's a lot to like, but of course he has to develop. Yeah, that's no, part exactly. of that. that's that's the second part of the puzzle, right? No, exactly, and I I think, but I think the way he's been playing in MLS, he's deservedly so. He's been a lot of the guys actually in Canada that have been playing in the MLS haven't done so well, other than really Azorio so far this year. Um, and like on form, he's good enough on form. I think he has like two goals and two assists in like five games for Montreal in the early season. So it's not like he's he's performing well enough to play. So I think it's, it's a, it's a justified and warranted, um, you know, call up. And uh, 
I think when we talk about more dual nationals um, going forward and like kind of commitments and that kind of stuff, I think Nations League is that's where it's at. Um, and, I, and I think that's why you see there's only one guy that is called up that's kind of a, a young stern. Everyone else is the same as the roster before, like in the previous window, sorry. And is Nations League before the World Cup then? Yeah, it's it's in I, – I have to double-check, but I think it's in June. So, okay. And then how many games would that approximately be? Like, um, I think I could be mistaken, but it would be like at least four or five. And it, it there it's kind of like how far you go. So it's depending right. on how can it, well they do, but I believe it's like a – handful of games kind of it's not the it's not the gold cup maybe as much but it'd be i think four or five i'll, I'll do a little google search mm-hmm. as we talk but yeah and and the important there the point the important point there is that should we actually do make it to the world cup should we actually make it um this gives more opportunities for dual nationals to see okay i can maybe make it into the canadian national team i have maybe an opportunity to do something here that might not come elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, we haven't spoken about this lad for a very long time, but had this lad been maybe one or two years younger, he might have chosen Canada and that lad being Fikayo Tomori. Yeah. 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 I, I just want to, you know, on Canadian kind of men's, uh, they still, a lot of people still think he can change associations. And it's not as of right now, unless FIFA changes the rules, he can't. But yeah, I think Tamori, you know, if he had kind of come into his own, if I think he's our age, he's a 98. I could be mistaken. He might be a 97, yeah. but I think he's turning 24. Yeah. Yeah. But let's say he was, you know, Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David's age. And they, I think Davies played with him on a youth team. Um, he easily could be cap tied for us. And like, it's a shame because he'd be perfect for this team just as like a really good center back. Um, not that the guys haven't played well because they, I think they're the lowest in CONCACAF qualifying in terms of goals allowed, but just quality. In, in, but again, there's there's so many young guys, you know, Marshall Ruddy. I'm actually, um, I won't talk about him too much, but he's been really linked to a bunch of big clubs, Arsenal, Liverpool, um, been scouted by, and he plays for TFC. He's been okay this year. I mean, looks really talented, but TFC has been a bad team so far, but Nelson uh, has also looked really good. Yeah, he's I don't think he's at that level. Um, but Nelson, Jaden Nelson, you know, he's been really good. Um, another young player, um, uh, like a kind of a young kind of winger um type. Um, but there's just so many young Canadians playing. Like I know uh, Montreal FC or Mont- I think it's called FC Montreal now, but uh, yeah, but they, you know, they're regularly starting five, six Canadians and they're starting lineup and on the bench. And same with TFC. They started, I think, four or five guys and have guys off the bench. So it's it's just really like just in terms of the national team, there's so many more young players and guys playing in academies. And we'll talk about more dual nationals, you know, I think this summer, just on trying to cap tie and just getting people on the team going to the World Cup. But I think in a weird way, looking forward to the World Cup, I might just snag that question that we had for a bit later, but um, of like who's going to be on it on the team. There's going to be guys that, you know, kind of like Kone that, you know, this summer or in the fall, we realized, wow, that guy's really good. We didn't really know about him, you know, kind of like Alistair Johnson and Tejon Buchanan, who were really not on anyone's radar last year. 
and through the year became, you know, pillars of the team. And they, they might not be pillars because the team's so much more talented and, and everything in terms of just quality, but there's guys, I think, I think the team in, in, in December, uh, like, I think we're, we're going to the world cup. I know Kieran doesn't like to say it, but, um, Until but we get that one point to mathematically to, ensure... but, um, well, yes, but, but Panama plays against, what is it? Is it uh, Honduras? I believe in the, in their first game, about an hour ahead of the Canada Costa Rica game. So that could be interesting. Um, I believe I could be mistaken, but, um, Panama plays the U S in the second window. If Panama does not win that game at U S we automatically make it. So well, if Panama doesn't win all three, if they, if they, if they lose even just one single game, they're, I believe, we were automatically I believe if they, they can still make it. But I they, they have to, even if they were to go two wins and a draw, that we'd still make it, I believe. We would. Yeah. yeah. So we also have the goal differential. Yeah. So um don't 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 be you know complacent. Just no, no. And I mean you can hear like just to go off what John Herdman was talking about, you know, like he said we have a goal, it's not just to qualify to we'll keep it internal, but uh, you know. Every all the journalists have said their goal is to you know try to stay undefeated in in qualifying. Um, I think their goal is to get nine points in this window. I don't think it's going to happen, truthfully, but I think it's definitely attainable. And um, like I don't think the you know they go to Costa Rica, they win, they're in, right? I think that's just the way they're thinking about it. They win, they're in, um, and uh, and go from there. Mm-hmm. And should be a lot of fun. Now, we've been fortunate, and hopefully there's no COVID outbreak amongst our friends. Um, but we, we've been fortunate to get some tickets to the Canada Jamaica game. So hopefully very exciting. That yeah. is very exciting indeed. But hopefully that is a, a party atmosphere in the sense that, you know, hopefully by then we would have secured a spot. Um, you know, we, we can only hope and, and we can, we can uh, have faith in the team and what they've been able to accomplish thus far uh, and just give them our support, our full support. And we'll be, we'll be wearing the red, white and uh, well, red and white. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's going to be exciting. I think um, like they might not have, hopefully they have, but either way, I think, you know, they're, they're going to go out to win and we'll be exciting and they'll finally have a full capacity, which they didn't get to have in, against the USA. So it'll be really fun. And I think it'll be a really awesome atmosphere of just kind of all this kind of enthusiasm and, and excitement of, of, of really being not, you know, either at the world cup or right there on the precipice. Exactly. Exactly. Now, do you, should we do, I mean, are there any expectations for the upcoming like, I mean, I, I, the way I think about it is like what, what's kind of, I think a good window versus a bad window. I don't know how you feel about it, but for me, it's obviously, you know, I think at least four or five points is like a good window, solid window. And anything more of that is, is greedy. You know, I think they're going to go for nine just because of the ramifications it has for, for the pots in the world cup, which is kind of, another story but basically canada would have to win out to to move up a pot um in the world cup and and just to explain that a little bit there's um you know at the world cup each team is put into four different pots 
Um, and if you're in the fourth pot, you're with worse teams ranked in FIFA um, uh, or lower ranked teams in FIFA than um, if you're in pot one, for example. And right now Canada's in pot four. If they're very close to being high, as highly ranked enough to be in pot three, and that would only really happen happen if they go undefeated or win out. So um, that's probably another goal of Herdman's. And I think it's attainable, but um, I, I think I just feel with like once they make it, how kind of hungry are they going to be when they go to Panama and Panama's playing to to make the World Cup essentially? At, you know, that you don't want to get any injuries. Yeah, exactly. So I just don't know what I expect from the team in the last game. But quality wise, even if they put, you know, kind of a big rotation, they still should be good enough to get points in every game mm. and on the road. Honestly, for me, any <laughs> the expectation is any good, any this window will be good if we make it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, whether that be getting a win or and two losses or you know three wins or you know three, three ties losses or, and Panama loses. Well, what whatever it is, if yeah. if we make it, then that's just a good window. Yeah. Because what this is the first time since I believe '86, and this will be the first time that we actually have a decent squad. Yeah. Which is not something we could have said before or even like two or three years ago. No, um, the, I mean, the amount of work and progress that Herdman has made with this national team and, and, and to all the youth level coaches and, and so on uh, and, you know, getting dual nationals to commit to Canada. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. We, we saw the success with the women's national team and we're starting to see some success with the men's national team. And that is a lot to be proud of. No, I, I think you kind of hit it on the nail. I think for me, the the biggest way I see the the change in this in the squad is obviously I think by the gold cup in 2019, we could kind of tell that Jonathan David and obviously Alfonso Davies going to Byron by that time, there was a change, right? Like, but you look at that squad and there's guys that aren't even playing on the team anymore. And, you know, and look at the team now and it's night and day. Right. Um, And I think obviously, you know, they have so many young players right now who are coming into their own. So that obviously two, three years has really changed that. But, you know, overall, the commitment that Herdman's got from dual nationals um, and just guys to come in and show up, right? Like the, other than our field, basically every big player is showing up for the big games, right? Um, and, you know, that just says a lot. So um, I think you can't talk like highly enough about how good a job John Herdman has done with the squad and what a great tactically he's been really got us really got everything right. Um, obviously you can tell how great a, a motivator and, and speaker he is. And, and I think that really works for the international game, but you know, I think a lot of this is also John Herdman. Um, and I think it has to be him and his staff. Yeah. Yeah. No. And um, it's just awesome. Cause you know, I think Canada was kind of a sleeping giant, especially in CONCACAF, and, and it finally feels as though they they are where they should be, you know, and, and that's really exciting. We're getting some respect. Yeah. Although, to be fair, in the past, we didn't really deserve much No, respect. no, but, you know, with the population and the money and everything, like, we should be good enough to, to make the World Cup, cons- you know, like, we should be the third in CONCACAF at kind of, you know, bare minimum in terms of just quality Um, yes well especially with the resources and money yeah uh, (laughs) 
Yeah, we'll we'll see. Anyways, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, nothing too surprising from the Canadian national roster uh, going to this window. Um, but you know, we can just remain hopeful and you know remain positive, which I think we both will, and which I think uh, many of us will be as well. Uh, moving over a bit to Champions League. Um, <laughs> I mean, wow, what a round of 16, what a cap. Certainly a lot of fun and thrilling games and some, you know, scores that we perhaps didn't anticipate. Um, one being, well, you, you know, Villarreal scoring three goals against Juventus. Wow. I mean, they are good in the cup competitions, as I you would know. That's a United fan. Yeah. Um, but my goodness, that was a thrilling game to watch. Ajax Benfica, um, I believe Ajax went, no, Benfica went through, even though Ajax is a really strong, deep squad. Yeah. Uh, a little disappointing from them. But, I, you know, Benfica with the players that they have, and, and especially Darwin Nunes. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but he is a phenomenal player he, that will go he, to a top tier team in the future. I believe he's 22 years old, um, but they have a lot of strong, uh, you know, veteran players in, in Jan Vertonghen and in, in Otamendi, Grimaldo, uh, you know, Everton's a quality player as well. So they, I mean, perhaps it's not too, too surprising that they were able to move on from uh, that. There was uh, an open, yeah, like Ajax is a good team, but it's not like they were playing Liverpool, you know? No, Exactly. No. Yeah. Well, they will be this window. That's what I um, meant. <laughs> but, I mean, I, no surprise with Man City moving, over, uh, moving on with the 5-0 win uh, in the first leg. I mean, even if it was 0-0 in the second leg, it wasn't surprising. Uh, PSG Madrid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I'm not, I'm honestly not too surprised that Madrid went through. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I do think the balance with PSG was not great. And I, I'm honestly, I never really rated the PSG midfield. They have Verratti who's an amazing player, but beyond that, I think they have a lot of good quality midfielders, but no one exceptional. Whereas when I look at this Real Madrid midfield, Although they might have some players that are older, it is very much full of quality. And Modric, honestly, like we we should, couldn't say enough, but he like uh, what is he like thirty six? But he's yeah. still like world, like he's still amazing. Like yeah, he doesn't look a day older than you know twenty nine thirty. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. and um, yeah, no, I, I think that was kind of that was really the most exciting um draw in, in the round of sixteen, you know, and just the way it ended with the horrible Donnarumma threw up. Um, again, I don't understand keepers when they're so, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not an expert on keeping, but I did play for a long time. Like when you have the ball right in front of your goal, like I get like playing out from the back, but you have to be certain and not like, you can't just screw around with it. And, um, he's not nearly as good on the ball as Navas, or he's not really particularly good on the ball for, for a modern day keeper. And that's really what bit them in the butt because that really spurred the the, yeah, the, the comeback change because it wasn't as though Madrid was kind of hammering them and, and they were already losing. They were down to nil and um, the great comeback uh, happened. And um, I mean, I, it's look, I will say Mbappe looked amazing. And um, but again, like they just don't have any kind of what was the word you said? Um, balance. Balance. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I don't know. I mean, Liverpool did make it through, but 
they were not very convincing in their two legs. Uh, they managed to lose one nothing in the second leg to Inter Milan, but their two goals in the first kind of put them ahead. And Inter Milan had a red card as well in the second leg, and they, they still played really well. Um, so it will be interesting to see how they play against Benfica, although I, I think that they'll have a much easier time playing against Benfica than they did against Inter Milan. The, the Both teams are not exactly on the same level in terms of squad no. depth and in terms of squad quality. Yeah. Um, so it should be it should be Liverpool moving through. Um, remember when I said RB Salzburg was going to perhaps beat Bayern? Um, you got that wrong. What was it? What was it? Seven one. Seven one. And I'm sorry. I, I just Byron had a few key injuries. Midfield was not the greatest. Uh, but I completely got it wrong. And I think, and you know, to be fair, Salzburg had a couple of opportunities early in the game. Had they scored, this would have been a different game. Yeah. But they didn't get their opportunities and they just collapsed defensively. I, I don't know where it went wrong or how it went wrong, but they just lost their cool. They lost their mentality. I think Vuber, or I can't pronounce his name, Vuder, Vuber, um, but he conceded a couple of pens, I believe. Yeah. And he's part of the reason why they, he's the main reason why they kind of just, uh, lost it at know, the lost end. their mentality, lost yeah. their focus. Yeah, and you know when that happens to it, you know against a team like Bayern, and I'm sure if it was a team like Man City or Liverpool or someone else as well, they're going to score against you. You yeah, can't they, do that. Yeah, and like the thing with, um, with uh, Bayern, it wasn't like they're the guys at the top of the pitch have really had horrible seasons. You know, like Lewandowski is still as good as anyone. Um, Coman, Nabri, um, Sane's been playing well this year. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, um, Davies is out, but they still have so much kind of attacking guys, um, especially kind of just going forward at, at the top, top of the field. And, and their midfield's still good. So, um, midfield can, is, I mean, it's if it's Kimmich right now and, and Muziala. Yeah. And Goretzka has been out, which is big. And Tolisso as well. Yeah. So, so like they yeah. are missing guys, but you know, like it sounds as though Davies will be back, which I think kind of helps. Um, of course, he might not start even, but like just having them as an option makes their squad quality so much better. Because the thing with this team, they don't have the the biggest, the most amount of depth. They're kind of like Liverpool in the sense of like best eleven, really as good as anyone's in the world, in my opinion. But when you start going deeper on the bench like you you take city and maybe even chelsea over them right like teams like that well especially and one has to think about one has to consider that Bayern has experienced a, a lot of turnover in the last year you know with, with tiago i mean tiago was in uh liverpool last season but yeah. you know with alaba leaving with boateng leaving with martinez leaving um you know there's a lot of key players that have left and you know before when you had in the midfield, it would have been Kimmich, Goretzka, Tolisso, Thiago, Martinez fighting for spots. Mm-hmm. Now it's Kimmich, Goretzka, Tolisso, you know, Muziala, and, and you don't really have anyone beyond that. Yeah. So it's it's a lack of depth. And, and that's where I, I see this team having issues. And now Sula has a hamstring injury and uh, Pavard is injured still. So what are you going to do? Lucas mm-hmm. Hernandez, Tiango, Tiangu, uh, Nianzu. And then uh, Upamakano. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are two young center backs that have 
although Upamakano has done really well, or not, he hasn't had the best season this year, but he's done really well for RB Leipzig in the past. Um, that is not a strong defense at the moment. Yeah. Davies will help if he's able to come back and be at peak fitness, but they're short on the back end. Yeah. And I think playing against a team like Villarreal should come to an advantage to them in the sense that they have time to, you know, for their injuries to come back and their injured players to come back yeah. and, and, you know, be the, you know, strong starting 11 and a few players out, uh, you know, as, as the 12, 13, 14, 15, yeah. that can come in and make a difference. No, I, I completely agree. Like, I think we've hit it on the nail and that's been kind of the reason why I think they won in 2020 was they actually had much better squad depth and they really haven't had it since. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Is there any kind of matchup going forward um, that you kind of like? Like for me, I think the Chelsea Madrid one, you can talk about that because Chelsea kind of had a relatively easy round of 16 against the deal. Um <laughs> That is very, very true. Uh, very um, well put in the sense that they didn't play too well. Uh, they were not convincing for most of their games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, when when push came to shove, they they got to do, they got the job done, and that's kind of how they played against Real Madrid last year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of push forward. Uh, I'm not certain who's going to start in the lineup. I mean, Havertz has seemed to have taken over Lukaku's starting role, uh, mainly because Havertz is able to link up and and do more than just uh, try to hold the ball for a little bit uh, mm-hmm. and try to score because that's what Lukaku has been doing. Um, he hasn't been effective other in, in other areas of the pitch, whereas Havertz has been, although Lukaku did start the game against uh, Mills, uh, Millsboro, um, yeah. who I believe uh, Manu and I believe Tottenham as well. Yeah, we uh, lost, lost them on pens. We lost them on pens. Yeah. yeah. So that unfortunate to say the least. Yeah. Um, but Real Madrid are looking strong, although they didn't play a good El Clasico <laughs> today. They lost for nothing. For nothing against um, the Barcelona team that you know has been. Well, bad. now they look good under Xavi. Yeah. But it, it, I mean, it's been a slow burn too. It's not like they've all of a sudden became really great. Like they still have some big weaknesses, but yeah, they've been playing better. But um, that's kind of a good sign for Chelsea, who have been kind of sputtering a little bit, really. And I mean, honestly, like it's the elephant in the room, but the Roman Abramovich thing, like I'm, that is not helping at all no. in terms of who they can even bring in this summer. And nobody knows who's going to be the owner. And like players I, are starting to leave. Like Christensen, I believe, has almost signed or completed his contract with Barcelona. So yeah, yeah. that doesn't help. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I, I'd honestly take Madrid as much as it is about the like the team itself. I think it's just Chelsea's in such a bad place in terms of – and it's not – I'm not blaming anyone on the team um, or even Tuchel. Like it's not, you know, who would have thought. Like it's a – I mean, it's a whole other situation. But – um, and it's well, really well, not the important part, but in terms of just who's going to win in the in the quarterfinals, I'd like Madrid a lot. You know, they've always done well in the Champions League and, um, you know, maybe a bit of vengeance for last year. And um, I just think they, they have it, especially the way they came back against PSG. That's going to look pretty tough. I And with players like Vinicius Jr., I mean, he was good last season, but he's been playing so much better this season. And Benzema is the same old striker. 
and their midfield hasn't really missed a beat. Although in the first leg against PSG, they, they were kind of invisible at times, mm-hmm. um, but they managed to only concede one goal, which could have been a lot more. Uh, I'm going to say Chelsea moves on. I think well, it's going to um, be, you know, back-to-back victories against Real Madrid okay. in the sense of, you know, 2021 and 2022. Um, I think the rest of the matchups aren't that great. I Like we can touch upon it, but I think it's, we kind of know the semifinalists or three out of the four semifinalists, I feel are pretty confident. Yeah. Like if Athleti was not playing city, I'd give them a bit more of a chance, like even against a Bayern or Liverpool, but I just don't think they're close enough in quality to, to win. The one thing I would say when, when Manchester city needs a goal, when they're not able to score the three goals per game or whatever crazy yeah. stat it is, they're missing that cl- that that clinical and Holland. Uh, Holland. Well, he's it like he's, yeah, yeah. It, it does look like he's about to sign with uh, Manchester City. Man, but yeah. Oh Sorry. man, that that's gonna suck. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like that he's in the prem. I just hate where he is. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but be there than in 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 like Barcelona or something like that. Like a team that doesn't. Like, yeah, anyways, long continue. Sorry. But Man City, in, in, in times like this, they're missing. It. And it was it, just like against uh, – who did they play last week? Palace, was it? I think they tied Palace, Crystal yeah. Palace. And it's like they should have won that game. Yeah. But sometimes when you don't have a, you know, out-and-out striker or someone that can just get a goal out of absolutely nothing, that hurts. And mm-hmm. they felt it there. Um now, speaking of Manchester City, do you want to get into the title race? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I look. I did a little bit of digging, not crazy. I just looked at their schedules. Um, I can write them out right now, like list well, them. It, out. It's very similar. Yeah, I still it's very similar. It's very similar, and I mean, I, I think honestly, you know, it's kind of a cop out answer, but you feel like whoever, whatever the result of. The, when, so I'll just so they do play each other. City and Liverpool play each other one more time, um, and it's at City. Um, City to end the year. There's no, both teams have nine games left. City plays Burnley, Wolves, Liverpool, Watford, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham, Villa. While Liverpool plays Watford, um, obviously City, Villa, United, Everton, Newcastle, Spurs, Southampton, and Wolves. I still think Liverpool's schedule is a bit harder. Um, in terms of three top 10 teams for Man City and then yeah. four top 10 teams against uh, Liverpool. The, the thing is, is that Newcastle is kind of an interesting one because they've been playing well. Obviously, the new money from is it Saudi Arabia, I believe. Yeah, but yeah. They, they I think that count. But both teams play them. So um, I, I didn't check who's home and away. And, you know, I'm sure you could have a weighted stat of home and away and kind of condensed schedule and all that. But um, I think it will be interesting to see how. Um, it plays out, but I think honestly, it's the winner of that match. And and if it's a tie, obviously that changes it too. But um, I still, I kind of like Liverpool just because of the directions they're going, the teams are going, at least in the Premier League. One, yeah. And, and but the one thing I would say, or two things I would say, uh, and this is kind of when we last spoke about this, I think we both said, yeah, City. I mean, there's no way they're going to drop like nine points. Or something like that, but they they did. They did yeah, they did. And I mean, in the past, when we saw Man City drop points, 
they'd come back with like a 10 game win streak or something like that. They haven't. No. So it's going to be interesting. Now, hopefully it's not the commentators curse where now, because we're saying this, they're going to win every single game (laughs) out, out for the rest of the season. Um, But it'll be a lot of fun. I would say Liverpool has been on a really, really strong run of form. I believe they've won their last like seven or eight games in a row. I can check. Can check. Um, I could be wrong, but I remember hearing some broadcasters outlining that they've been they've been on a good run recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and with a lot of good runs, there's usually an ending. Um, so will that come now, or will that come at the end of the I season? I believe it's seven. It's at least five in a row. Yeah. So it'll be tough to keep that going, but their next games are Watford and then City. So if they can beat City, then it's Aston Villa, Newcastle. Um, and they always match up well against City. Like they do. They, they, they do. Like, like the only time I think they've lost in the past. Oh no, they lost last year. No, but that was kind of. I think you take last year out a bit just because of how bad, like their injury situation yeah, was. Like back. obviously, it happened to City kind of the year before, but it wasn't nearly the same. Like they lost the port, but they didn't lose everyone um, in yeah. twenty twenty. Um, so I, I think in, in in this case, like I think it's going to be hopefully everyone's you know, top players versus top players. Everyone's relatively healthy. Trent Alexander-Arnold, however, is injured with a hamstring issue, I believe. So that is a major blow for uh, Liverpool, especially going forward, because his uh, crosses, uh, no one can really, you know, mimic his crosses. But it probably saves him two goals against City, right? So that's a little bit of slander for Jackson, but I, I, I agree, like, you know, quality is quality. Um, but it, I think in a weird sense, it could also, I don't think it ruins it as much considering just like he is a defensive liability. So against a team that doesn't like, they're not going to have the ball as much. I think he, he's kind of, it's not the same as obviously if they lost Salah or something, but it's still a big loss, right? Um, either way. Yeah. Now, before we end it, and this isn't on our list of anything to talk about, um, but I want to talk about <laughs> Harry Maguire. Oh now okay. he's been having, and I, I know you, you probably don't like this, but he's been he's been having a rough go of it. Um, really bad. Is yeah. is he really, or should he really be the captain of Manchester United? Like to me, he doesn't have the skills for it. It doesn't seem like he really has a leadership for it. Although he apparently has been a strong leader in the past, is just like a mental thing that he's not able to defend well because he's making a lot of really odd mistakes. Yeah, I, he's been bad the past two years, especially the past like year and a half. Um, he actually played well at the Euros, which is kind of ironic. Um, but I think at this point, in a weird way, he's only really good with three at the back. But yeah, he's been horrible. Like, like, and it's not just you know if he gets done for pace, like it is what it is. Um, that's a limitation. Most players are not perfect, but just some of his reads are just like shocking. Like it's like it's not even kind of oh like he got done by some guy or you know he's just too slow to you know defend Mbappe or you know someone like that it's like he's just always losing his man always reading the play wrong and it's kind of weird because before you know and you know center backs honestly more so than most really any other position in a sense you just have to be if you're smart you can get away with so much even if you're not as talented right 
Um, in a sense, that's kind of why you play center back is because you're smart, even though you're not as gifted on the ball. Right. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't think he should be captain. Um, he, I don't think Bruno should either. I, it's, it's such a mess right now. Um, well, it seems like there's also a lot of uh, talking in the locker room and it doesn't yeah. seem like a, a positive environment. It seems like there's a lot of shit talking and talking behind people's backs. Yeah. yeah like not I, trusting I the coach and what they have to say and do. I don't, I don't try to follow it as much because I'm just so sick of this team right now. Um, but yeah, they, it's clearly a lot of bad apples in that dressing room. And obviously Ollie getting sacked wasn't, you know, I'm not saying he shouldn't have got sacked, but you know, he wasn't the reason for the bad apples, you know, like almost immediately there, you know, like hating or just being kind of pretty, you know, ruthless about Ragnick who like, sure he could be problematic, you know, it's any, you know, no one's perfect, but Mm. like to think to turn on him so quickly, that kind of is more about like, he's established. It's not like it's Jose Mourinho. Like I, you know, it's not, he's not turning on players. He's calling some players out when they need to be called out, but they didn't even, the players haven't even bought into the system properly. Like, they, they have a bit more recently, but again, it's not, it's still not, you don't feel as though they're really fully buying in. And, you know, some of that is like having Ronaldo, he doesn't really press. Um, like there's just guys being that, that age, you can somewhat forgive him. Yeah. Though. And being that good, like he got a hat trick against what was it? Tottenham, um, like a week ago or two. Yeah. But yeah, it just, um, I, I really hate talking about United cause it's so dispiriting right now. Um, and honestly, the biggest thing more so than like, you know, I know people hate on Fred and McTominay and I don't think they've been like, they're not sensational, but they're not the problem right now. Like the defense and just the defensive awareness um, on the wings and also just in the middle is just atrocious. And like the biggest cul- uh, culprit is McGuire um, of just not understanding how to track runs um, as much as it is anyone else. Like I, I think they've just been so bad at tracking runs and it really doesn't make a lot of sense um, because it's not that hard. Um, uh, yeah. So I, 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 I just, I think they've been linked to a bunch of, they've been even, I think they've been linked to Rudiger too. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but I think there's going to be another, my point being is there's going to be a center back and I don't think McGuire is going to be here. Um, I mean, he might be here, but I don't think he should be starting anymore. Um, I think Varane's been okay. He hasn't been great, but um, for the most part, he's been like good enough. Um, it's more Maguire and, 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 and Lindelof's been okay too, but they, they need another center back and it's annoying because last year we needed one and we still need one. Um, well, and, and you, you guys thought that getting Varane was going to solve a lot of these issues, but it has. And this is why I'm saying like, it, it seems like more of a systemic and yeah. Uh, you know, issue in, in that it, it's the it's the players in the club that are not gelling. They're not buying into a system. Yeah, they're they not don't being there for each other. Yeah. And like, it's they like they just don't want to be there. They yeah. want to collect their paycheck and then that's it. Yeah. I will say like, like the one player that is consistently trying hard is Fred. Um, like I can't really like, and he's actually been better on the ball recently. Like I'm not saying he's great, but um, I think he's the past maybe month or so has actually put in a real good shift. But they just don't have enough in the mid of creativity and, and talent to really produce stuff. Pogba's Pogba. He, he drifts in and out. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, I don't want to talk about Greenwood because 
not in the sense no, of, we, we don't need we don't need to but like he i think is a huge loss in just on the field like he was playing really well he's so dynamic sancho's been playing really well but like i think about how good greenwood and him would have been mm-hmm. just on both sides really like one on coming in on the right one coming in on the left um and, and, and forgetting and, rashford and, though and, and that's the and thing why, rashford. why is um oh what's his name lingard why why couldn't he have stayed at West Ham or, or gone? Yeah, somewhere? I don't know. And they should have sold he's him. He's a bench warmer yeah. for no reason. And he's been good when he plays, but it's yeah. like it's it's shit. Yeah, it's just it's such a shame. I don't really know what's happening. Um, I'm gonna take some solace, and they seem to have um signed this really young, promising English player from Brighton. So I'm happy about that. Um, who's a defender too, which they need. So um and Alanga, 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 however you say it, he's been really good. Um, I called been, up to Swedish national team. Yeah, he's like 19. He's been fantastic when he plays. Um, so they have, you know, and he puts in a shift, which I appreciate. But same with Sancho. He does, like, enough work. It's just um, they're just broken right now, and I don't really see the, you know, now they want to change. They want to redo the stadium, and then we'll do – like we'll be taught in them and have no money because they're American investors. So it, it's not a great time to be a United fan, but unlike some people I know, I don't, I don't bandwagon. So I'm going to be there till my dying breath. That's, that's right. Karen, how many teams do you have? Five, six. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, maybe a, guess again and see that it's three teams in three different leagues. Yeah, I know. But well, you kind of have two with city. I don't like them. You you do. It's I like Gundawan. Gundawan. Um, I know. I'm just I'm just if he played for like I don't know Venezia, I'd watch Venezia. There's a Canadian like, who plays there, kind of. But um, yeah, no. Um I it just it just sucks right now. I want to move on and, and not talk about United. We don't need to. We don't need to. I believe that caps it for this yeah. week. Oh, what a what a send off! <laughs> the great thing is, I will say for the listeners, is the dichotomy between the excitement for Canada and United is palpable. So it feels as though one's at ten and the other one's at zero in terms of my enthusiasm. Um, and one, what we're in a sense, we're winning a trophy by making the World Cup. So I'll, you know, at least one teammate got a trophy this year. If I guess, or if we won, if we won Concacaf, like the uh qualifying round that'd be kind of that'll cool. be oh, well we'll see how we do in the next window but that that would be truly impressive if yeah. we were to actually get that title um now it, you don't actually win anything i don't believe no. uh but it, it gives you some uh how should I, not stock but it gives you like a little bit of uh oof. <laughs> look at us they basically if they win one game they most likely win it um so that's kind of cool Two wins, they they definitely uh, win the group, which is exciting. Alrighty, well, you heard it there. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this week's Geeking on Sportscast. Now, it actually has been a little bit more than uh, this week's, but you know, life is busy. We're gonna try and get some more. Uh, and that's I'm thinking, my I'm part. thinking that's live. Maybe part. let's try to do a trade deadline. React. Yeah, we'll we'll do something there. Yeah. Uh, but but I want to say to the listeners, that's my fault. Um, life's busy so what can you do Uh, Uh, but thank you dear listener for tuning in and until next time take care bye